peace of our Lord be with you. Is not this the worship I choose? To loose the bonds of injustice and to let the oppressed go free, to share your bread with the hungry, and to bring the homeless poor into your home. With those words, Today's lesson from Isaiah takes its place in a Bible-wide stream of verses which call the people of God to embody the Spirit of God by taking specific practical actions on behalf of and in solidarity with those who struggle on the hard margins of life. A Bible-wide, front-to-back, start-to-finish stream which flows all the way from Leviticus 19.10. When you reap the harvest, of your land. Do not reap all the way out to the edges, but leave the edges for the poor and the immigrant. To 1 John 3.17, how does God's love abide in anyone who has this world's goods, sees someone in need, and yet refuses to help? Between those words from Leviticus on the one hand and 1 John on the other, other verses in that Bible-wide stream include Deuteronomy 15.7. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward your needy neighbor. Deuteronomy 15.11. The poor will always be with you. Therefore, open your hand to the poor. Proverbs 31.8, speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and defend the rights of the poor. Isaiah 1.17, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Amos 8.4, hear this, you who trample on the needy, and bring pain to the poor, God will not forget what you have done. Malachi 3.5 God will bring judgment against those who oppress workers, widows, orphans, and aliens. Matthew 5.42 Give to everyone who begs from you. Matthew 7, 12. In everything do to others as you would have them do to you. Matthew 12, 7. God desires mercy, not sacrifice. Luke 14, 13. When you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. 
and Hebrews 13.3. Remember those who are in prison as though you were in prison with them. Add to all of those many verses and voices that well-known parable in Matthew chapter 25 in which Jesus says that the big question on Judgment Day will be how we responded to the hungry, the poor, the sick, the stranger, and the prisoner. Not to mention the even more well-known parable in Luke chapter 16 where the one who had more than enough in this life is in torment in the next life because he failed to care for the needs of poor Lazarus. And it is clear that when this morning's lesson from Isaiah says that what God wants from us is for us to loose the bonds of injustice and let the oppressed go free. Today's lesson from Isaiah is not singing a solo. Today's lesson from Isaiah is not an isolated voice in Scripture but rather it is part of the cumulative weight of Scripture, part of a Bible-wide, front-to-back, start-to-finish stream of verses and voices, all of which call the people of God to embody the Spirit of God by entering into friendship with those who struggle on the hard margins of life. The cumulative weight of Scripture is clear. God has a preferential concern for whoever is most vulnerable in this world. And God expects those of us who claim the name of God to embody that same concern in our words and in our deeds. Whatever else we may or may not be able to say with certainty about God, that much is clear. I sometimes think of it this way. If you take a perfectly smooth Bible and place it on a perfectly flat table on a perfectly even floor in a perfectly level building, that Bible will still tilt. <laughs> Do not try this at home. <laughs> oh yeah. Take a, take a perfectly smooth Bible. 
set it on a perfectly flat table, on a perfectly even floor in a perfectly level building, that Bible will still tilt, turn, slope, and lean in the direction of whoever is most vulnerable, outcast, marginalized, ostracized, demonized, dehumanized, stigmatized, powerless, voiceless, overlooked, left out, excluded, poor and alone. Because that is where the cumulative weight of Scripture tilts, turns, slopes, and leans. The cumulative weight of Scripture. Not an isolated voice here or there, but the cumulative weight of Scripture. Calling us to get in on what God is up to in this world by sitting down with and standing up for persons in need of help and hope, justice, and welcome, friendship, and love. Persons we need in our lives as much as they need us in theirs so that the boundaries between us and them can dissolve so that God's kingdom can come and God's will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if we don't work for that out there, then according to this morning's passage from Isaiah, it doesn't matter how often we pray for it in here. Ah, needless to say, there will always be complexities and uncertainties concerning how to go about embracing the most vulnerable and marginalized persons in the orbit of our reach. But if the cumulative weight of Scripture is to be believed, then there is no doubt that the will of God for all of us is for each of us to open our lives in friendship to, for, and with whoever is living on the hardest margins of life. The great poet Lee Young Lee has that wonderful sentence about the wonder and mystery of God in which Lee Young Lee says, the light is always late. The light is always late. You know, as in, we see through a glass darkly and by the time we understand all that we want and need to know about God, It'll be too late. The light is always late, the poet says. And I, though no poet, would say, not always. Oh, children of God, not all the light is always late. 
We've seen enough light. We have enough scripture to know with absolute clarity who and what and how the Lord our God is calling us all to live and be and reach and embrace and welcome. Whatever else we may or may not be able to say with certainty about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Bible, that much is clear. Amen.